0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today.
1: Here we go, folks. Saturday edition of FST. Thanks for joining us on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and happy Mother's Day to all of you out there. I know technically it's tomorrow, but we'll call it Mother's Day weekend, and we'll give specific shout-outs to our moms and wives and everything else later. Uh, Busy time of year. Uh, We got through kind of the doldrums of February, Joe, and early March. March Madness got us through the spring training session of baseball, and now we enter may and we have a lot on the calendar uh baseball is obviously in full swing we have the preakness coming up soon i'm going to beth page black next friday to watch tiger and jordan spieth and lefty and all these other guys nice golf at the pga um Football, we're probably in a little bit of a downtrend as far as activity is concerned. The mini camps and, uh, you know, the, the kind of respite between OTAs. But it has picked up on the fantasy front. I'm actively in a dynasty draft. You and I participated in another mock draft to get a sense of how these rookies fare. and I'm going to make my pick live on air in the next hour Woo-hoo. since I'm live in my dynasty draft. It's an IDP dynasty draft league, so... Which way will I go? Offense, defense. I will set it all up for you. Let me know where my team is at and if you think the picks make sense or not. Uh, We have, uh, let's see, what am I missing? The NHL playoffs are ongoing. I know this isn't much of a hockey show, though the show that follows us from 11 to 2 is with Cam Stewart and George Kurtz, uh, two hockey experts. But we don't spend a ton of time on the sport uh, on this particular show, but the NBA is dialed up another one last night which is gold for talking heads like myself and joe and i'll bring in my co-host joe galena and say good morning to you and happy mother's day weekend to your wife fran yeah thank you thank you very much uh, how's it going uh, like you said uh You know, I mean,
2: the the sports action uh, never stops. You mentioned we might be in a little bit of a low when it comes to football after the draft and all that. But still, there's news coming out uh, all week.
1: uh,
2: And uh, looking forward to you making your pick later on.
1: Yeah, uh, as am I. I, They're just a a run of players that happened right before this pick, which bummed me out. Because I had targeted a couple of guys specifically Three, I would say three or four guys specifically, and they all went in the last six picks or so. Uh, It happens, so Mm -hmm. you got to pivot, and you just have to have a list ready to go. Um, But as I said, the NBA dialed one up last night, and I, as I said to Joe Galina before, right before we got on air, I was had a bunch of stuff to do yesterday, running around, visiting people, and. I had to listen to I listened to some local sports radio, some national sports radio, and I heard a couple of guys saying that there's no way the Rockets are going to lose last night. And I'm just telling you, I had a feeling that the Warriors might do a little something last night, kind of shock the Rockets and realize that I think the Warriors understood going into last night's game that they don't want it to get to Game 7 either. Even though it's going to be a home game, they have every opportunity to win the game right there with Steph and Clay and Draymond, and KD is a massive loss. But this team has won championships without KD, and they're still an excellent team all the way around. Are the minutes going to get to the starters? Well, they haven't yet. And Steph Curry puts another stamp on his second career. Second half, man. Yeah, 33 <laughs> points in the second half. He was brutal in the first half, but a lot of those shots were just short. He was just off, balls rolling off the rim. He just, he was cold, you know. He had uh, he just wasn't getting going. And then in, this, in the second half, particularly the fourth quarter, Steph Curry just proves why he is one of the best players really of all time and currently, uh, you know, in that top discussion for top player in the league.
2: Yeah, and if you're gonna be in that uh, that discussion, you gotta show up uh, it, it just the way he did last night in these type of games. And he basically just took over the second half. Uh, him and Clay Thompson came on, and uh, like I said, I mean. He, you know, looking looking at a, a guy like uh, Derek Jeter, he always came through in the clutch. And uh, uh, like you mentioned, Curry always in the discussion as being uh, one of the best players in the NBA. And if you're going to be uh, uh, in that
1: kind of a consideration, you got to show up uh, when your team needs you most. He was 0 for 5, didn't score a point for the first 24 minutes of a postseason game for the first time in his career. And then uh, had three fouls and he had a sit. So it really was looking pretty bad. But... All, through all of that, the Warriors were still in it. They weren't. They never got way behind. They were down one after the first quarter, and it's tied at halftime. The Rockets take a five-point lead into the fourth quarter and promptly get outscored by 10 in the fourth. They lose by five. They're going home. Um, clearly a devastating loss for the Rockets. There were people that thought that, You know, last year they had that 0-for-27 in the deciding game. They were without Chris Paul. People thought this might be the year with the Warriors, uh, you know, apparently. This is the same thing, similar to me, to what happened with the Patriots. A lot of talk of the Warriors dynasty coming to an end. Kevin Durant is going to be leaving, which I believe he is. I, I think everybody believes that he's going to leave. And maybe it's New York, maybe it's L.A., who knows? It's up to KD. But I think there's a lot of what's the phrase the um talk of my demise is greatly exaggerated Mm -hmm. so i i think that's where we're at with the warriors people are looking to blow them up because kd and maybe even clay are going to be moving on but it doesn't mean they're still not the best team and i think you've seen for the most part steve kerr's influence on their professionalism it doesn't mean that they're not individually professional but steve kerr obviously he wasn't as good he was a really good nba player a very good role player and an excellent shooter and it doesn't mean that he has to be as good a player as these guys to teach them how to keep things moving in the right direction he can't coach kd as to how to be more you know as to what kind of player athletically he can be but he can keep these guys together and manage personalities and make sure that they're focused on the task at hand which is winning the game last night screw the fact that arguably our best player is out i say arguably because the steph curry kd debate is always it always swings back and forth i would say kd and i think most people would say kd is probably the second best player in the league or third best player Kawhi, lebron um But I just think that they showed their professionalism last night in a really significant way. Their best player that's on the court last night struggling, their best player on the team out, and they still come back and they win a game on the road. They knock a team out, and a really good team in the Rockets.
2: Yeah, and I think the comparison to the Patriots seems like a really good one. I mean, this is a team that uh, knows how to win and, uh, you know, th- they didn't want to, like you mentioned, I mean, why risk it, take it to a seventh game, get it done now, uh, next series, right, they're probably going to get back KD, like you mentioned, DeMarcus Cousins probably coming back. So, that's right. uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to be the, the favorite uh, versus Denver or Portland?
1: Certainly. Yeah, <clears throat> that's, that's mean, a, it, th- it depends how heavy a mm-hmm. favorite. I think Denver's going to pull this one off, but that's been a dogfight, that series, back and forth. We'll see how that one ends up. You know, We were deprived, I guess, of a third game seven, but we'll get them uh, for Sixers-Raptors, and we'll get it for Denver Blazers. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. The reports of my demise are greatly exaggerated. That's the word I was asserting uh, for. The reason I compared it to the Patriots is for this reason. Obviously, both ongoing dynasties but more specifically, in terms of the talk that we had a year ago, it was didn't happen before this Super Bowl. It happened before the previous Super Bowl, the one they lost to the Eagles. There was a lot of talk of infighting and the Jimmy G trade and uh, Kraft and Belichick and Brady maybe not being on the same page. Maybe hmm. Kraft and Brady pitted against Belichick. Now, I actually do think, I do believe those reports, that there's some tension there. But I said... At the time, yes, I think there's tension, but I didn't think it would distract them from their ultimate goal. I think there is a level of accountability and professionalism that exists in that organization and the Warriors that supersedes all the nonsense. Draymond, What Draymond Green was doing to Kevin Durant on the court at the beginning of the year was actually exhibiting a lack of professionalism. And I thought it was uncalled for. And KD obviously thought it was uncalled for. And I think he just doesn't want to deal with it anymore, which is probably why he is going to move on. But it doesn't mean that he didn't play like one of the best players in the league, and that they're not going to win another title. I think it's pretty apparent now that the Rockets were the top team that could knock them off. Now, do we have a Lakers situation in oh uh, what's the year I'm looking for? Oh four, when the Pistons won. The Pistons were far were an inferior team, and Kobe and Shaq were sort of done with each other and they didn't play up to anybody's expectations and they lost? Like, could we see that with the Warriors? Possible, but I just don't see it.
2: Yeah, I mean, there have been plenty of teams over the years in many sports that uh, may not have liked each other, you know, the individual parts, but, uh, you know, when it came time to just like you said, exuding uh, professionalism, knowing how to uh, win the game. Uh, you know, they just you know, put their, uh, their issues aside and just did what they had to do. So, uh, you know,
1: kudos, uh, <laughs> kudos here. Yeah, these Warriors teams, the Patriots, and these aren't. I think there's other teams that had far more vitriol inside the locker room towards each other and clearly fell apart and or were able to win. You and I are longtime Yankees fans. Those late 70s Yankees teams, there were fistfights there. Yeah. Goose great. Gossage and uh, Cliff Johnson. Broken thumb in a fistfight in point. the locker room. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, Billy Martin and Reggie Jackson, there was always drama there. And they were Billy able to Billy Martin and Ed Whitson. Didn't they get into uh, Billy Martin and Ed Whitson in an
2: elevator or something? They got into a fight or yeah, something? Yeah, but that team didn't win it. Anyway.
1: <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't. But that team just <laughs> fell apart. But yeah. Well, yeah, my, yeah. But to your point, like I said, yeah, the, the, yeah, some teams hate each other and don't do anything. The Jaguars, mm-hmm. this past season, Jalen Ramsey was kind of open about it, about how he was done with it. Brandon Marshall and, uh, you know, the whole, all the Jay Cutler drama before they got rid of Brandon Marshall, mm-hmm. there was all that kind of stuff. But. The reality here is that I I just think they're able to overcome it. The Patriots are able to overcome it. And you don't have to be best friends to get stuff done. And, you know, Draymond is a divisive character in that, you know, he's done some dirty stuff on the court. I think he lets his feelings be known to anybody and everybody that will listen. And I can understand in a working environment, whether it's basketball or not, where that would get old. I could understand that. And people might think KD's crazy to leave a situation like this. Maybe he is, but I'm not him, and I don't know how much he hates it. And maybe he doesn't like living there, or he's, you know, he's just tired of dealing with that one guy. But I, I just appreciate the fact that they are, what we're watching is pretty amazing. They're on their way to a three-peat. Uh, certainly more injuries can come, and things can knock them off, but they're able to overcome something like that is, is pretty crazy. Boogie Cousins and KD uh, just make them so much greater but uh, obviously they're in a position where uh, I, I think that this was their greatest test of the postseason was up against the Rockets
2: yeah, and maybe, you know, to your point, maybe there's an expiration date on all this histrionics that KD has been having to deal with, you know, behind the scenes. And, you know, he has an opportunity to leave. You even mentioned the Knicks, man. If he comes as the Knicks and, and helps engineer, uh, you know, the resurgence of the Knicks to making them a, you know, perennial playoff uh, team, you know, that that's all, you know, all more for his uh, reputation as a top player, no?
1: Yeah, of course. It, it is, and... I think KD and Kyrie are a package deal. I think they're going to the Knicks or the Clippers, and that's about it. Uh, I think those are the options that you're looking at. Um, I am concerned, obviously, that Kyrie is shown to be a malcontent, and (laughs) the Celtics massively underperformed this year. I'm also a little concerned that the Knicks would get a version of KD— that's a little older, and it's had a few injuries under his belt. So you're maybe you're not getting prime time for KD, but still one of the best players in the league, and they'll come back, and they'll be playing the winner of that at Game 7 tomorrow. So it's Mike and Joe. We're going to get back to baseball after this. Happy Mother's Day weekend. John Engel producing. Mike and Joe here for the next three hours on the Fantasy Sports
0: Radio Network. We'll be right back for FST.
1: with some 80s stuff here. But uh, happy Mother's Day weekend. Thanks for joining us on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. So uh, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, please do so at Radio. I'm at Mike Blewett. Joe is at Joe Galena. So um, MLB, uh, Yanks with a big win last night. And unfortunately, Joe is trying to ruin my weekend because (laughs) truth be told, I had a lot going on yesterday yesterday. My mom was in the hospital this week. She uh, appears to be fine, but I had to go over and visit her yesterday and was running around doing a lot of stuff related to that, spending some time in the hospital, uh, put the kids to bed last night, and promptly uh, fell asleep with the TV on five minutes after the kids went to bed. So I got myself a lot of sleep, which is why I may have a little bit more energy than usual, but... Safe to say, uh, i missed a lot. I've been watching everything in highlights and reruns. But you tried to ruin my weekend by telling me that my ace, the Cy Young of the American League, Tyler Glasnow, pulled himself out of the game last night? Yeah, I didn't mean to do that.
2: I didn't uh, expect it, you to know, take it so uh, bad. But, uh, yeah, oh, I was, you know, I was... <laughs> well, hopefully it's nothing too serious, but uh, what ended up happening was, uh, now Tyler now who, like you said, has been pitching like a Cy Young, uh, in the AL for the Rays, uh, Basically, motioned to the, yeah, the Tampa Bay Rays bench for them to come to the mound and uh, made a couple of motions for them, and it didn't seem like the Rays bench didn't notice. And he was just like, "Ask through eh, it, you know, I'll just pitch." But then they realized, uh, you know, that they were he was calling them out, and they rushed out, and uh, he was taken out of the game, supposedly uh, experiencing some uh, forearm tightness. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens. The fact that he uh, seemed to... you know, be able to he was going to just, you know, continue pitching, uh, I guess is encouraging. But who knows? That might have been the last pitch he threw in a while if he had pitched, uh, if he had thrown that pitch. But uh, hopefully it's nothing major because, look, you know, I mean, uh, I'm a Yankee fan and we're battling the race for first place. But still, you, you love the story of Tyler Glasnow and how he's been pitching uh, lights out this season. So they traded uh, for
1: Austin Meadows and Tyler Glasnow. Amazing, right? Archer, yeah. But yeah. we're well, steel right now.
2: Yeah. And Meadows hit a home run uh, last night. He was on the DL for a while, but Meadows been uh, batting uh, 359 on the season, two for four last night. So what a deal! <laughs> what a deal
1: that they I'm got kidding. the Rays. Okay. Yeah. So well, yeah. So why don't we start with that? So that was the big news. But on the flip side of things, as much as you are talking about Glass now. One of the guys competing for him for the Cy Young right now, and I know it's very premature, and I'm just kidding about the awards. I actually don't really care about the awards, as I've said many times on this show. As you get older, as a sports fan, I think the thing that fades the most easily, certainly did for me, and I know for many other people, is worrying about the awards. Because worrying about what other people are voting on and their opinions on the Hall of Fame or the Cy Young or the MVP will drive you nuts. And it's mostly ridiculous, because the best players sometimes haven't won an award like that and other guys just sort of sneak in and steal one in an odd voting year. So that kind of stuff is just silly, especially the manner in which uh, baseball writers have taken stands against people. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like uh, not putting guys in. And not just for uh, PED reasons, but because they didn't like him. You know what I mean? They just didn't Mm -hmm. like a guy because he was mean to the media. That's dumb. It's a really stupid stance to take, and they wanted to exact their pound of flesh on guys over the years, be it Jim Rice or others. Uh, I, I'm sorry if I don't respect the vote uh, totally, but Domingo Heron, five innings, not maybe not his best outing, but he gets the win up to seven and one. Joe.
2: Yeah, and really, what could you say about this guy? I mean, just basically, uh, when you needed him most with uh, Luis Severino uh you know out uh, it looks like he's going to be out for a little bit longer than expected now you know it looks like well into july and and what he's done so far seven wins ERA, 5Ks uh, last night, uh, gave up a couple of home runs. But, uh, you know, when you talk about, you know, I think he's like top five in in ERA in the AL, uh, you know, and one of the the guys on this Yankees team with all these injuries, you know, from the pitching side, from the uh, offensive side that have really made uh, watching the Yankees this year so much fun. I mean, uh, 23 and 15 on the season. My only concern with Domingo Herman is how many innings he's going to be able to pitch for agree, the duration too. of the season? I mean, I think last year might have pitched a total of 90 innings. So the Yankees are very, very careful about you know managing their innings pitch. Remember the Jabba rules from years back. So yeah. Uh, yeah, you yeah. know may, maybe maybe the in Jabba the middle rules of the season, were a
1: disaster though.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah. They really. So were. I don't want to use that as a template for what <laughs> what two. Hopefully, they've moved on from that. Yes. <laughs> they, like, publicized the Jabba rules, and then his next outing out there, I think they were playing the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are like, all right, we're just going to take all day. Yeah. And Jabba mm-hmm. was gone after, like, two and two-thirds because he had thrown, you know, 55 pitches or whatever. And right. it, it just didn't work. It, so, um, all right, so on Herman, if he pitched, let me, I actually want to look up the exact number uh, from last year, if I can get it. Uh, forgive me uh, for checking on air. Eighty-five and two-thirds last year in the major already and then, up to forty-three. What right. would you put as a number for him where they're going to tap out? Is it one fifty? Is it one twenty-five? One twenty-five would be a fifty percent increase,
2: right? And but one fifty is the, is the number that came to mind before you mentioned it, and I think that's being a little aggressive based on you know what. I, you know, we've seen from the Yankees uh, organization in the past. You know, maybe they uh, put a situation in place where maybe they use an opener, (laughs) use him as as an opener, uh, you know, in in the middle of the season. You would hate to see, you know, him, uh, uh, you know, uh, be limited in terms of, you know, uh, you know, when they need him most in the middle of the season. But let's say if Sevi comes back, uh, Luis Severino comes back in early August, maybe they might move uh, Herman into, uh, you know, a short uh, middle relief role. It's crazy to say, but uh, you're going to want this is a team that's, Expected to play, uh, you know, into the playoffs and and well into October,
1: so you're going to need them. Yeah, so Uh, at at 150, well, at at 85 innings last year, it's 85 and two-thirds technically, but at 85 innings last year, a 75% increase puts them at 149. So that's a 75% bump if they get them up to 150. mm -hmm. I would think it's more likely closer to 125. Because would make I think sense. 125, even mm-hmm. though it's a 50% increase, it's still a reasonable number uh, if you're limiting somebody. But mm-hmm. that's fast approaching. That would put him at 125 by, let's see, we're midway through May. So that's only six weeks into the season. So 12 weeks from now, right? <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. yeah. 12 weeks from now, that puts us at. So we're talking August, right? Yeah. Middle August? <laughs> yeah. And that's I crazy. So so that's part one. So let's mm-hmm. put that – let's frame that. And you're talking about Severino. Do you honestly expect anything from Severino this year? Uh, I do. Uh, I'm not sure okay. what
2: we're going to get. Uh, and uh, again – But do you think he's going to come back and pitch? I do. Okay. I do. Uh, but, you know, like I said, I, I don't know what we're going to get from him. Is he going to be the Severino of old? You know? Right. Uh I think we just got some recent uh news that uh, he's going to not going to return. They expected him to be return before the All-Star break and they changed that. So uh it is concerning, but I don't think it's season ending, but maybe I'm just being too optimistic.
1: Yeah. I have my concerns as to and and I guess to clarify my point, I don't expect anything from him, but maybe more to what you're saying. He's going to come back and pitch, but I just can't really expect that it'll be any good. And mm-hmm, maybe he'll come mm-hmm. back, and he'll feel like he's hurt again. What just right. gets, concerns me about this stuff is, like, if he should have had surgery, but I don't even on know the this ro- kind of thing where rotate he cuff surgery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But does he need surgery? Should they have just done it back in April and on, t- on this season and see how he is for 2020? He's a long-term asset for them. Absolutely. That's the yeah. So... Um, there's it's going to be interesting the trade deadline table man for 2019. Yeah, there's a mm-hmm. lot of yes. And Dallas Keuchel's still there, man. Yes, he's still yep. there. Mhm. And he's digging in. There's an article on for him earlier this week. He is digging in. He ain't going anywhere. He's going to prorate what he thinks he's worth when mm-hmm. whoever needs him needs him. But that might not happen for another month or so.
2: Yep, uh, it's pride at this point, right? Yeah, I think uh, the oh, yeah. Astros had uh, offered him the uh, a, a, just just on the 18 million uh, back in December that he uh, you know he, he didn't accept for one year and yep. yeah the qualifying offer. So uh, we'll see. And and uh, Gio Gonzalez, a guy who was the Yankees were uh, toying around with in their minor league system that they uh, released. He got his first win for the Brewers uh, last night, but uh, would not surprise me. If uh, Dallas Keuchel is a Yankee, uh, you know, by by midseason, uh, but it's looking yeah. like June because we talked about it last week, where uh, they won't have to give up a, a compensatory pick or whatnot.
1: So we'll see what that's happens. Right. But uh, that's right. Yeah, that he's Yeah, he's be, very proactive. That seems to be the breaking point uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Is not mm-hmm. worrying about giving a compensatory pick, and I actually think once that expires, that there will be several teams looking at. Oh, absolutely, capital. yeah. That, that's mm-hmm. just really what it is right now. He knows mm-hmm. it. That's why he's digging in. He's probably going to get the money that he's asking for, uh, prorated, granted, and he will have effectively given up some salary. But he wants to pay, be paid at market value. He's on a prove a deal for then four months. And then maybe he gets a two or three year deal after that. So I think the blueprint for Domingo Herman is what we saw last night. He threw five, not terribly effective last night, but he can throw five. Tommy Kainley with a hold, Adam Adovino with a hold, Zach Britton with a hold, and Raulis Chapman slams the door. Uh, collectively, they were scoreless. They gave up uh, a few hits, a couple of walks. They had a collective six strikeouts. So. That's Ottavino got made. got out of a uh, bases loaded no out jam. So uh, crazy. So that's yeah. yeah. pretty crazy. But mm-hmm. Ottavino's uh, giving you some. Heartburn at a couple of points this season, but he's got <laughs> mm-hmm. eight holds. The ERA remains low, and I, mm-hmm. I think overall he's been a good addition. This is still the best bullpen in baseball, yes? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's been playing, uh, it's been pitching very well
2: uh, over the past several f- games. And, uh, you know, been another, I mean, there's so many uh, reasons why the Yankees are as successful as they've been. Uh, even with all the injuries, I think at 13 players on the IL at one point. Yeah. Uh, yep. So, everyone pitching in. Uh, yeah, we have to mention uh, Gio Urshela.
1: I was just thinking about uh, to got a- perfect oh, my transition. Goodness. Not, yeah. not only has he been a godsend for the Yankees, he's actually been a valuable fantasy player. Yeah,
2: yeah. And who would have thought it? Because, you know, uh, you and I, are Yankee fans, and, you know, you watch some games, and uh, when he first uh, came on the scene, you know, the announcers said, hey, look, this is a guy that has a great glove. Just, you know, he really can't hit. And, uh, you know, I basically I, I accepted it. But then you watch this guy play every day and he's just, uh, you know, big at bats after big at bats. And then you look at his, um, you know, his, his minor league uh, uh, numbers and they weren't terrible. You know, I, I don't know why they yeah. say he can't. Hit. I guess I guess just, you know, his, his first few years in the major leagues wasn't very successful at the plate. But uh, yeah. God, he really has some big hits
1: for the Yankees. Where would they be without him? Yeah, he's three, hitting three forty nine. Uh, just two homers with 13 RBIs. He's just really had some clutch hits for them. So mm-hmm. uh, he's certainly a guy that you can roster on fantasy teams for now. The Yankees have been using him a, as much as they can. And a hard DH last night, he went one for four. Torres, one for three last night with an RBI. And Gary Sanchez, two more hits. Uh, a run scored Lemay, Voight with the hits. And on the Rays' side, as you said, Austin Meadows, two for four. The two ribbies, he got the home run off of Hermann. Choi with a solo homo, a solo homer off of Herman. So uh, outside of that, that's really the totality of the Rays' scoring. But Yanks win, a uh, big one, 4-3. You mentioned the yeah. Brew Crew, and I want to get there, because they blanked the Cubs yesterday. 7 to nothing, As you mentioned, Gio Gonzalez, his first win of the year. He goes five and two-thirds, three walks, three Ks, only the two hits. So he kept kept it relatively clean there. Uh, Guerra with a hold, Claudio with a hold. But it was a 7 nothing uh, blowout for the Brew Crew, Can, Jose Quintana takes the loss. He went six and two-thirds, giving up three runs, four hits, three walks. So, uh, let's see. On the hitting side of things, uh, Christian Yelich, a hit and a run scored. Ryan Braun had a big home run there yesterday, and he goes one for four, two two runs, uh, and an RBI scored. Yasmani Grandal, (laughs) former (laughs) near-Met, two for four, two ribbies yesterday. Aguiar, one for three with a couple of RBIs yesterday. So, Brew Crew just continue to play good baseball. They're eight games over, 500.
2: Yeah, and, uh, you know, a lot of us had uh, thought the NL East would be the uh, division to watch, and, you know, it's still early, but when you look at the central division in the NL, uh, now you have uh, the uh, Cubbies and the Brewers uh, in a virtual tie for first place. That's right. Uh, the Cardinals a game and a half back, and even the uh, the Pirates a game over 500 and three and a half back. But uh, Brewers, uh, I tell you, you can't, uh, uh, you know, uh, what Josh Hader has done for this bullpen as well is it should be uh, uh, brought up. This guy could get you multiple pitch, multiple innings for a save, uh, Travis Old Shaw school. has been real, yeah, yeah. Uh, Travis Shaw, uh, just a, a side note, is won't be playing this weekend, really been slumping. Uh, and uh, I think the Cubbies are putting out uh, the lefty pitching, which he has had a, a hard time pitching against. But uh, Brewers are a fun team to watch, you know, with the they offense and, and Yelich. And, uh, they are, they're, just they're getting fun it players. Done. Lorenzo yeah.
1: Payne, Christian Yelich. Oh, you know, how many Rusnakis. home runs has he robbed this year? <laughs> it's crazy. Kane, right? yeah. Yeah. He he really I've said this before on the show, he's one of my favorite players, uh, to watch. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit throwback, like we said, he gets you a lot of steals. He can hit for average. He's got a little bit of pop. He's only hitting two forty eight right now, but he is a he's a little bit of a throwback player. He's the kind of player that we saw a little bit more of when I was kind of growing up, you know, all around players. He's not a big swing for the defensive kind of guy. He's a legitimate, well-rounded baseball player. Absolutely. And, like, uh, you know,
2: we we, as I alluded to, just just his defense. Uh, you know, there are two or three plays that stand out, just that you watch, you know, uh, replays after the game, just where he's uh, corralled uh, balls that should have been home runs, and he just, uh, you know, uh, that's a big part of the game.
1: Yeah, he and Jackie Bradley Jr. are battling for... Most home runs <laughs> robbed, but what mm-hmm. uh, JBJ did the other night uh, in Baltimore—oh my absurd, goodness, yeah, absurd! Trey Mancini uh, robbing him of a home run. He got as high up over the wall as I've seen anybody do it in a while. So, what we'll come back—we'll talk more baseball. We'll get into that NL Central a little bit. Maybe that NL early NL playoff picture. If Joe thinks all three teams from the Central can get to the postseason, so it's Mike and Joe. We're back talking more baseball on this Mother's Day weekend on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hit us up on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. We'll be right back. Welcome back to FST Saturday morning edition. Hope you all are enjoying Mother's Day weekend. Big plans. As I said, my mom was, uh, had to go visit my mom. In the hospital uh, yesterday, but it looks like she's coming home today, so we're going to be uh, going to be having a good Mother's Day weekend regardless. Uh, it appears to be nothing particularly serious. Yes. Uh, and Joe, I know you have something interesting planned w- with your wife. Now, you have uh, <laughs> two children, correct? Yes. Yes, I do. They're little, uh, little older they're than a little mine. Little... My, yeah, i got yeah. little ones. Yours are a little older than mine. Oh, yeah. My, my uh, daughter
2: is 21. My son is 23. He happens to be uh, – he's not going to be home for Mother's Day, the son of a gun. He's in California with some buddies who went to the Dodgers game last night. But uh, so me – yeah. <laughs> so jealous. <laughs> me uh, – yeah, exactly, yeah. I've never been to uh, Chavez Ravine. Uh, Me neither. And we went to uh, California about seven years ago as a family, went to San Diego Comic-Con and uh, spent some time in San Diego, obviously, and uh, L.A. Uh, L.A. was out of town. But we visited uh, San Diego's uh, Petco Park. And it's pretty nice because they weren't home as well, which is odd. But uh, you could go throughout the back of the, the stadium and actually just hang out. They let you in uh, where you could sit in, like, a, a little grassy
1: area. And it's a if really beautiful over to, stadium. Yeah, it's funny. If you walk over to Camden Yards, like, when there's nothing going on, mm-hmm. honestly, you could just easily walk in there. Now, I, when I was there last year, it was, like, during the offseason. So... I just, there's a little area there where they have the statues of Brooks Robinson and Frank Robinson and Cal Ripken in the, in like, way in center field. But mm-hmm. honestly, I could just step over the railing and, like, walk into <laughs> the stadium. I could have sat there. I don't, You know, right. there was probably yeah. a security guard or a groundskeeper that would have kicked me out, but I was just, like, I didn't feel the need to do it, so I just didn't do it. But you could easily walk in there. But, uh, yeah, I guess it's good that you can kind of, tour those places but maybe you and i one day we'll get our there you dream go of there you Chavez go Ravine. your absolutely snapper of a son is there, are when yeah records. yeah he's even 24 years old though
2: yeah Hells. yeah yeah he's yeah and uh, a couple of years ago he went to uh san francisco and he went to see the giants play and you know he texted me like, i have been to that stadium big- yeah, he says it's beautiful. He likes that it better than uh, Dodger Stadium or whatnot. But,
1: I've heard but, that uh, Dodger Stadium is just a really nice setting to go see the game. Now, San Francisco right. probably trumps that, but, mm-hmm. you know, L.A.'s scenery where the stadium is is, is allegedly beautiful. I just haven't yeah. seen it in person. A friend of mine who is a an actor and a diehard Cubs fan uh, says Dodgers games are great. You just— mm-hmm. It's everything that you've heard about. People show up late and leave early. They're there for four or five innings, and you got to deal with it. So, uh, I tell you, one person who doesn't do that
2: is uh, Mary Hart, formerly of uh, Entertainment Tonight. Whenever I watch a Dodgers game uh, (laughs) (laughs) on TV, she's locked in right behind home plate, and she's she's in on every pitch. (laughs) You know, so uh, yeah, I tip my cap to her. But in terms of what would. Yeah. We should have yeah. an hour here, get a Dodgers breakdown. Absolutely. Uh, but as far as what we're doing tomorrow, which is kind of like uh, odd and out of the box, my wife I has know. always wanted to visit a, a gun range and shoot a gun, legally, of course. So yes. <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> so in tomorrow, a controlled environment. Exactly. people exactly. around, just at targets. Absol- you got it. So uh, tomorrow, oddly enough, Mother's Day, uh, I'll be on the air from eight to eleven. But from there, we're going to travel to this uh, gun range in New Jersey, uh, and uh, me, my wife, and my daughter are going to go and uh, you know rent uh, whatever firearm she wants in a controlled setting, of course, and uh, she'll be shooting some uh, some ammunition. <laughs> I've had some friends it's that just... have
1: done that kind of stuff, uh, like target mm-hmm. shooting and that kind of stuff. They said it's a lot of fun. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I haven't done it in like 20 30 years because I had a friend that owned guns, you know, legally and whatnot. And sure. there's a, a place uh, out in Long Island near where uh, near Nassau Coliseum. I don't know if it's still there, but uh, we used to go there. But uh, should be fun, just as long as she doesn't take a picture of my face and put it on the target uh, <laughs> that she's shooting at. Don't hold I'm your good. breath,
1: Joe. <laughs> right? So Could it'll happen. be an
2: interesting day. Yes.
1: Yes. Could happen. So whatever. Yeah. Whatever it gets her <laughs> <to, laughs> through the night to, or it's through her the day. day. Of ha- Happy, yeah. exactly. It's a happy Mother's Day <laughs> to her. Uh, but that's cool. It's different. It's different. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't think my wife would do that, I don't think that's her <laughs> bag, but, uh-huh. um, she honestly wanted to spend the whole day solo by herself today just do a little shopping maybe get some meals she deserves it she's earned it i agree she's got two little kids and she works and i'm trying my best to get it done little family complications this week but um, mm -hmm. i'm trying my best to get her out she went out to dinner with some friends last night so uh, i try to give her her space for the weekend because i think that's my wife's biggest challenge is that she doesn't get a lot of space. She's got two Mm -hmm. little kids and anybody out there with two little kids understands that mom is mom is the winner. Like they, they are into mom Mm -hmm. as much as they're into me. Mom is the the primary parent. Do you know what I mean? That's just Mm -hmm. the way it is when the kids are little. So, um, she doesn't get a lot of space. Whenever she's sitting around in the house, both kids kind of want to be on her lap. So it, it, it can be claustrophobic at times, and I think getting some time out by herself will be uh, interesting. So let's move on to another heartwarming story in that uh Mike Trout, this guy is awesome. <laughs> so Mike Trout, last night, um I'll, I'll set it up, Eddie Matz, ESPN senior writer. Uh, says 90 minutes for the LA Angels series opener against the Baltimore Orioles on Friday night. Seven year old superfan Gavin Edelson asked his favorite player to hit a homer for him. Trout, who had gone deep just once in his previous 17 games, responded by telling the youngster, I need to hit a home run tonight. And then he went out and he hit yard. And he went yard. So Mike Trout sent a 3 2 fastball from 0 starter Dan Straley over the wall in left center. The towering shot, which had a launch angle of 38 degrees and didn't clear the fence by much. Looked as though it might be caught by Baltimore centers, center fielder Stevie Wilkerson, but he missed it. So Gavin Edelson, who apparently dresses like Mike Trout every day, got his call, uh, Got his made his call to Mike Trout, and Mike Trout goes out and hits that home run. They win 8-3. to three. Tommy Lastella hit and a run. Uh, Mike Trout goes 2-4 last night, two runs scored. Three RBIs. That was a two-run homer that he had. And Drelton Simmons. I got him hope I had him in the lineup last night. Oh man, I think I took him out, Joe. I'm checking uh-huh. right now. I'm checking That's right now. That's the uh, of these
2: of uh, we could set up a lineup every day, right? I right? know. Because you let's know, you see. let's say if he was
1: off on Thursday, we uh, get to put him back. Oh,
2: all right, he was there in.
1: you go. Yeah, clutch. Four for five, two ribbies, and two runs scored. Simmons has been amazing this year.
0: Absolutely. absolutely 308
1: 308? yep yep and you know what he's been a, a
2: very nice hitter over his career uh, overall 270 batting average for his career last year, 11 home runs, 10 RBIs. So, you know, a nice, uh, you know, more, I guess more of a, a middle infielder. But you could, you know, in, in a deeper league, you could use him at the shortstop. Uh, and I think we uh, our league is a 14-team league, so that's
1: fairly deep. But, yeah, yeah I mean. Uh, and we have two Simmons. utility spots. He's my right. guy that I'm rotating in and out of utility and shortstop and bring him out, bring him in. Lately, I've been mostly leaving him in because Shurikson Profar couldn't oh, he was for hit while, water right? if he mm-hmm. fell out of a mm-hmm. boat, so he's right. been better as of late. But he's been brutal. But Simmons has been really good, so another big game for him. But the legend of Mike Trout grows with this call of the home run, Joe.
2: Absolutely, and I was watching, you know, a little a recap of the game on MLB Network, and they showed uh, Trout you know, signing some stuff for, for the the, uh, the kid that you were talking about. And uh, he, you know, they showed the video where he said, hey, I better hit a home run tonight. And uh, they, uh, the, the video I was watching, you know, had uh, a split screen where you could see Trout hitting the home run the, and the reaction from the kid that he had signed all the uh, paraphernalia for. Uh, it was really heartwarming to see, you know, a guy like, uh, you know, uh, Trout, one of the faces of uh, Major League Baseball, realizing, th- you know, that he uh, – you know, he has a fan base that, you know, looks up to him. And it was just heartwarming, like you mentioned to start off the segment, uh, that he takes that into account. And uh, you look at his numbers, I think he's batting, what, 292 with eight home runs. And, and uh, you know, people think, well, what the heck is wrong with uh, with Trout? <laughs> you know, when he's not batting 330, uh, you, you're yeah.
1: wondering what the heck is wrong with
2: him. But uh,
1: yeah, uh, nice to see. Yeah. Uh, Cahill gets the win last night. He's 2-3 and three on the season. Straley, the lost, drops to 1-3. and three. As far as things on the side of the Orioles, Trey Mancini goes yard last night. I was just mentioning how JBJ, Jackie Bradley Jr. Uh, saved a home run from him the other mm. night, robbed a home run from him the other night. But Mancini in general, 326, and that's his seventh home run of the season.
2: Yeah, I uh, own him in a couple of leagues. He's a guy that you know I've been following you know for a couple of years. You know I used to write a uh, a prospects uh, column for the Roto Experts, and uh, he was a guy. If you look at his minor league numbers, you know high batting average, hit up for power. Uh, so it's really not surprising that he is coming to his own. And uh, you know one of the bright spots for the Orioles. You know not a guy that you. are Build a team around, but no. once the Orioles get better, he's going to be a really nice piece of the puzzle. You know, who knows? Maybe, uh, you know, if, if they really decide, I mean, they're obviously in a full-blown uh, rebuild mode. It might be yes. uh, a guy that they move, uh, pick up a couple of, you know, uh, decent prospects. But for now, you know, keep
1: him in your lineup. Plus, he's got a nice Italian last name, Joe. I think it's a little, a little bit of boost for you. Absolutely, Tom, yeah. Tommy Lastella, Trey Mancini playing against another last night. You get a whole lineup. My uh, own. My uh, own. <laughs> <laughs> so own uh, So, anyway, so that's it for A's, uh, Angels, Orioles, 8-3. to three. Back to the uh, NL Central for a minute, because we talked about that in the last segment. Um, so you have these three teams that are really battling here. I think anybody would tell you that – these, certainly the Cubs in Milwaukee are, they're in the elite teams in the league. You know, they're kind of top level of teams in the league. St. Louis obviously playing right there with them. Now, the Dodgers have the best record in, I'm just double checking, best record in the entire league right now. Yeah, no.
2: In the NL. The I think it's In the entire the league, twins. is the Twins.
1: yes. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy to think of, but, um, <laughs> you know, we knew it was coming at some point for the Twins. So... Uh, the Dodgers at 26 and 15 and then the Cubs and Milwaukee they're, it's a first place battle this weekend and Milwaukee takes the first one. We'll see what happens the rest of the weekend. but would you expect how would you expect these NL teams to shake out? Dodgers to win the West, who wins the central, who wins the East and give me your playoff teams? And, you know we're six weeks in, but I'm just curious if it's playing out the way you anticipated.
2: Uh, Well, uh, Dodgers, I think, are going to hold on and and, and win the division. Uh, Interesting to see Arizona hanging in there. Uh, And and it's pretty cool to see uh, San Diego over five hundred. And when you look at their roster, you know, obviously uh, Machado gave them the you know, maybe maybe gave them an underlying boost. You know, it yeah. made them believe in themselves. Show that the the um, you know the ownership is looking to build a winner. And uh, when you look at the Padres, you know what Fran Mil- uh, Reyes has been doing lately as well uh, is, is out of sight. Uh, when you you know well, the, the power that he's uh, put and, and hitting for average, a lot of moving parts in that uh, outfield. But uh, Fran Mill Reyes really you know shining there. He went three for five last night. Batting 275 on the year, but uh, this Central, I I really can't pick a winner, uh, you know, because it's just it's just too tight, you know. Uh, The the NL East, one thing I find uh, interesting is now the Mets, uh, you know, there's been some talk about you know Mickey Callaway's job, manager Mickey Matt Callaway, his job being in jeopardy, Uh, but
1: uh, the I don't think there's one person that's been impressed with what he's done since he came over here. Right,
2: right. And uh, the next week, I think he's on shaky
1: ground going in. And if they continue to remain below five hundred and nobody can hit, then uh, I think it's going to be his job. These next few series very important because they're playing the Marlins this weekend,
2: and then uh, I forget who the next uh, series is. But then they play the Tigers. So you know, this is uh, this is kind of like it seems like this is going to be almost like a a do or die. Yeah, yeah, for Callaway. So, uh, but uh, look, you know, the, and the Nationals, man. Look, at the Nationals have really been slumping as well. So, yes. uh, the, at least look, uh, I'm probably the Mets did say win eleven
1: two last night to their credit. So yeah, maybe they get a sweep out of the Marlins. Yeah, that's what you have to do. You have to beat the the, the, the bad teams. Look, so the interesting thing early, fun, the interesting thing early about these teams is the Dodgers are are they the highest? Uh, the highest run differential in the league is Tampa right now. Plus 58. Uh, You got a few other teams around plus 50. The Dodgers are the highest in the National League, along with the Cubs at plus 50 run differential. Milwaukee's Mm -hmm. all the way down at plus nine, despite the fact that they're virtually tied with the Cubs. Mm -hmm. St. Louis back up to plus 25. But the the real disparity here, the Dodgers are 11 games over 500. Arizona – five they're only three games back but the run differential for the dodgers is plus 50 in arizona plus 17 you're saying the padres are over 500 yes but currently at a run differential of minus nine now we still we are looking at a somewhat limited sample but we're still six weeks in the numbers would tell you that the Padres will probably remain right around there at 500 or slightly below it with that kind of run differential and the dodgers if they continue to build upon that would pull away from most teams, you know, if they continue to be plus 50, plus 100, whatever it is by the end of the year.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting the Padres to to win the division, but look, they are making strides. So, I mean, and you look at their starting pitching staff as well. You know, uh, I I know we talked about, you know, innings limitations on Domingo Herman, and there might be some uh, innings limitations on some of the uh, Padres starters with like Matt Stram and Chris Paddock. But look, they've got a nice base, a nice nucleus from which to build uh, Padres. And that's a good point that you bring. The the run differential definitely has to be taken into consideration. But I
1: I do see the the Dodgers holding on. Uh, Agreed. So, you know, Joe and I talked off air whether or not we should talk about uh, what he's doing tomorrow for Mother's Day. And I think we do it and we we did it because it's in fun and I think it's a really unique thing. and I think it's hilarious and awesome that your wife wants to do that. We're not bringing Mm -hmm. those types of topics up to be insensitive, because we understand there was yet another school shooting earlier this week, yeah. the third in Colorado no, no, no. that I can remember, Columbine. There was a this school shooting. There was another shooting, rather, in a movie theater in Aurora, Colorado. I've been to mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. places often. It's uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable to see these things. You become desensitized to it. I know I'm becoming desensitized to it, except for the fact that I have two little kids and it scares the hell out of me. So uh, I just want to say that we were not bringing up those topics to be insensitive. We understand the tragedy that took place and he and I both having had uh, children... Uh, actively dealing with little kids and children that aren't that much older send our thoughts and prayers out to that. Absolutely. I don't know if thoughts and Absolutely. prayers even matter anymore, but we're mm-hmm. doing our best. And we're trying to keep it light here, but we felt it was need it is needed for us to mention that. So, yep. It is Mother's Day weekend. We're going to try and celebrate. We'll have fun with football after the break. So, Joe and I will be back on FST the Saturday edition on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.